Gallup released a poll this week that said only 36% of Americans say they consider themselves patriotic or have positive feelings about America. Now, now let me give you a little context for that. Um, 10 years ago, they did the same poll, and it was almost 60%. This is uh, true in church. Um, for many younger American believers, there's a conflict uh, in being patriotic about America and living for Jesus. And honestly, I get it. Um, America has had and continues to have a whole boatload of issues that make it hard to be patriotic, to love some of the things that they see that are really bad. Uh, so some of this younger generation of believers in America, they see little goodness in America, so being patriotic feels anti-Jesus. Now, now look, I admit it, I'm a pastor sore, not a dinosaur, a pastor sore. I mean, I, that's a little funny. Come on, help me out here a little bit, man. Um, I, I'm a pastor sore, but I grew up in a very different America where there was zero conflict in loving your country and loving Jesus. Um, but I get it. Um, because when I was growing up, we, we saw America as a place that gave us the freedom to worship the God that we love. Um, we saw America as a nation under God. I mean, under the authority of God, uh, dependent on God, accountable to God. That's what it meant to be a nation under God. Um, but I get it. It's hard to see America that way now. Now, tomorrow's the 4th of July. Um, so can we do this uh, today? Can we just for one day kind of focus on the good things about America? Because there's still a lot of good things about America. Can we remember with all of her faults, America has been a blessing to the body of Christ, to the church worldwide. Did you know this, that in the 2000 year history of the church, America is the only nation where Christians practice their faith in Jesus Christ that they were not persecuted. The only nation where Christians were not persecuted for practicing their faith and loving their Lord Jesus. America was founded on the idea that freedom comes from God. Uh, look, our founders got this idea that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Our founders got that, that all freedom comes from God. America has been and is a place where other people from all over the world risk their lives to come here. Why? They come here because of the freedom and the hope that America has offered. We've always been that place for other people to come, and we should be. The only people who want to leave America are a few uh, prima donna rich celebrities now, when they don't get their way, they want to leave, so they make a big deal out of leaving the country that gave them the freedom that enabled them to become a rich prima donna celebrity. So they want to leave. Bye. 
So, so here's the question. How should we live as American believers? Because we are first and foremost followers of Jesus Christ. Kingdom citizens. But we are also citizens of America. So how do we live as American believers? Well, there are just some things we have to remember. Here's the first thing. Write this down. As American believers, we have a debt of gratitude. Uh, Psalm 145 verse 4 says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Now, why does the scripture tell us, let each generation do this? The Bible says that because we have a tendency to forget what we should remember, right? And, and, and there's a process that takes place. What one generation believes, we believe that freedom comes from God. We believe that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We believe that everything we are and everything we believe is about Jesus Christ. We believe. And what one generation believes, the next generation assumes. It's not the same as we personally, passionately embrace the Lord Jesus. The next generation just assumes that they get what they had without doing what they did. And they just assume. Then the next generation forgets. What they believed, what they assumed, they're neutral about. And we go from believing to assuming to forgetting and the next generation denies. We're kind of there, aren't we? That's why the Bible says, let each generation tell his children of your mighty acts. You know, from the very beginning of America, there was kind of a, kind of a national consciousness about God. Our founders understood that we were a nation dependent on and accountable to God. Let me give you a little sense of using their words what our founders believed about God. Look at this. Um, this is Patrick Henry, the guy who said, give me liberty or give me death. By the way, uh, for the colonial period in America, uh, the founding period, when you see the word liberty, think freedom. That was their word for freedom. Look what he said. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, people of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. Patrick Henry, look at this. Um, this is John Hancock, you know that big name on the, on the Declaration of Independence. We have no sovereign but God, we have no king but Jesus. Boy, you like that? Look at this one. Uh, John Quincy Adams. The greatest glory of the American Revolution that it connected with one undissolvable bond, the principles of civil government and Christianity. Boy, that, that sounds like a, like a group of guys who wanted Jesus to be in the center of everything they did, right? Look at this. Benjamin Russ. He was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. My only hope of salvation is in the infinite transcendence love of God uh, manifested to the world by the death of his son upon the cross. Nothing but his blood will wash away my 
my sins. I rely exclusively upon it. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. You kind of get the idea that guy knows Jesus, right? How about this? Look at this. Uh, Samuel Adams, who, who was... Uh, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, he was also one of the sons of liberty. Look, look what he said. I recommend my soul to the almighty being who gave it, and my body I commit to the dust upon uh, uh, relying upon the merits of Jesus Christ for pardon of all my sins. And you guys thought he just made beer. <laughs> That guy was a serious believer. I mean, look at this one. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, who, who's kind of considered one of the least... Uh, uh, religious uh, of the founders. Look what he said. Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As a nation becomes more corrupt and vicious, uh, we have more need of masters. By the way, Benjamin Franklin, uh, during the Continental Congresses, when they were writing the, the uh, Constitution, um, when they would have to hit an impasse, Benjamin Franklin would stand up and pray and read the Psalms. How about this? Look, look, look at this. John Adams, um, one of the constructors of the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, sign of the, of the Declaration of Independence. Our Constitution was written only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but it sounds to me like those guys knew something about Jesus. And then uh, George Washington, who was the founder of our country, look what the father of our country, it is impossible to govern rightly without God in the Bible. I, I, I mean, you read some of the stuff that these guys wrote, it's kind of hard to come to any other conclusion uh, than they knew Jesus, and that was a huge part of the founding of our country. And, and uh, I could spend a whole day reading to you quotes like that. Then, uh, for a hundred years, people don't know things like this. Um, so in the Capitol building, in the, in the house chamber there that you see on TV a lot where the speaker's house chamber is and all that, um, for a hundred years... 2,000 Christians gathered every week in that chamber to worship Jesus. People just forget. Two things you can't miss about our founding fathers. They got it that freedom is given by God and we are dependent on and accountable to God. And when they referred to God, they meant the God of the Bible. When these men declared our, our independence, here's how they framed it. Uh, okay, never mind. Here's how they framed it. Listen to this. Um, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So in the declaration of our independence from England as a nation, to be an independent nation, our founders said we are endowed, given by our creator... Certain inalienable rights, rights that can't be taken away because they come from God. And among these are life, liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, I think it's important to say this because this was a big deal, you know, out in our country now. And um, a lot of people think this way. Um, so in our culture today, we understand that there's a problem with that statement. Slavery. So when they said that, all men are created equal, they didn't mean African-Americans. Some of them did. Some of them were slave owners. Some of them were not. But I think it's fair to say 
that from the beginning of America, slavery was a cancer on our nation's soul. It's undeniable. However, our founders, in their wisdom, built into our system the ability to self-correct. And I tell you, I'm, I'm so grateful for a country where hundreds of thousands of Americans gave their lives to end the sinful, wretched, dehumanizing practice of slavery. We stopped it. Then shortly after the Civil War, we amended our Constitution to give all those rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to African Americans. Abraham Lincoln uh, gave a speech at Gettysburg, the bloodiest war in uh, battle in that war. Here's what he said. That we here highly resolve that these dead shall not die in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. You know what he's saying? We're dependent on, we're accountable to God, let's do it better. Then, we amended our Constitution. We didn't quite have the intended uh, result, so 100 years later, we had the Civil Rights Movement, and we're still working on it, because we're a nation that's not perfect, never have been, never will be, but we are a nation that keeps trying to get it right. That means something, doesn't it? All right, just wanted to make sure, wasn't sure. 100 years later, in 1944, uh, President Roosevelt, on the night before the biggest military operation in history, D-Day, FDR addressed the nation and he prayed. By the way, he was the last president to pray with the nation. You know why? Why, why would he do that? Because he knew we needed God. FDR knew that our military might alone was not enough. We were dependent on God, so he prayed with the nation. A few years after that, 1956, uh, there was an act of Congress. And um, Congress declared our national motto. They voted on our national motto. Anybody know what our national motto is? In God we trust. Wow. That sounds like a nation dependent on God. I mean, you know, you know what that means? We Trust God. Now look. 1956 was a long time ago. I don't know what the future holds for America. But regardless, I'll tell you this. I am grateful for the godly heritage given to me. I hope you are. You know what? I'm also grateful for the current generation of America who served us and currently serve us in all kinds of ways. So let's just take a minute to do this. If you are uh, um, in any branch of the U.S. military, a veteran or serving currently, would you just stand up? Because you have served your country. Would you just stand up? All right. There you go, man. Thank you so much. God bless you. Hey, if you... Um, if you're one of the people who are on the other end of 911, 
If you are in law enforcement or any way, or a firefighter or, or an EMT, or if, you, if you're in any of that category, would you just stand up right now? If you're here today, would you just stand up? Anybody in any of those categories? All right. There you go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know what? These are people who serve us, help us maintain our freedoms, and we have a debt of gratitude for them. Here's another thing um, as American believers, we should also uh, know this. We, we have a covenant to remember. Listen, as believers, we are covenant people. And we have a God who's a covenant God. And God never breaks his covenants. And this must always only be first in our lives. So easy to forget, man. We need God. Um, a few months ago, uh, you, you ever done this? Um, it was Friday morning. Trash comes on Friday morning. I forgot to take the trash out Thursday night to the road. And uh, so I'm sitting at the kitchen table sipping on some coffee, and I hear the truck coming. I'm like, oh! You know, so I, I jump up, run out there, grab the can. I'm dragging it to the road, open the gate. I get out there, and the truck goes right by me. Oh! Grab the can, head back in. About the time I got back to the house, I remember it's going to turn around and come back down the other side of the road. So I drove back out there, and about the time I got out, it went right by me. So I'm running down the road, way, dragging my trash behind me. <laughs> you know how God teaches you some things and just right in a certain moment? Right in that moment, God taught me something. Here's what it was. When we forget what we should remember, we end up chasing a bunch of garbage. <laughs> It's true every time. You forget what you should remember about God. I promise you, you're going to chase a bunch of garbage in your life. We have a covenant God that we always need to remember. Psalm 2 in the Bible gives us a great picture of what we as American believers need to remember. So let's go through this. Um, Psalm 2. We need to remember first to trust God's heart. Psalm 2 verse 1. Why are the nations so angry? Well, that's a great question, isn't it? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Look at this. Let us break their chains, they cried, and free ourselves from slavery to God. Wow. Powerful words. Scary words. Hmm. We need to trust God. <clears throat> God isn't against us. God's for us. We need to remember to trust his heart. We also uh, need to remember to acknowledge God's power. <clears throat> but the one who rules in heaven, Psalm 2, 4, but the one who rules in heaven laughs. Hmm. The Lord scoffs at them. I mean, you know, you got these nations that are, you know, they're doing this thing. We're going to get away from God. I mean, God just laughs. You know why? That, that's like two fleas over, arguing over who owns a dog. I mean, it, 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 God just laughs at that. Verse 5. Then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. <laughs> Look, God is still God. God doesn't negotiate. 
All God does is demonstrates his power. You know what's going to happen? One day, an angel's going to shout, a trumpet's going to blow, the sky's going to split, Jesus is coming back, and the one with all authority, the king of glory, Jesus Christ, is coming. And when he comes, everything that we think is so important about this world is going to disappear that fast. Because when Jesus comes, he's not coming to take sides, he's coming to take over. And the way we prepare for that day is to acknowledge his power today. That's who our God is. Here's another thing we need to remember. To accept God's plan. Psalm 2 verse 6. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem on my holy mountain. You know what? God raises up leaders. God puts leaders down. But when King Jesus show up, all that's over. Verse 7. Then the king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I, I have become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The whole earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Listen, God has a plan. God has a plan. And we can trust his plan. Because one day, every knee and every nation will bow to his plan. There's another thing we have to remember, to submit to God's authority. Psalm 2, verse 10. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son, or he will become angry, and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities, for his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for those who take refuge in him. You get that? God wants to bless us. God wants us to live in his joy. God wants to be the refuge where we're protected. But God is God. And we are not. And I hope you get that about our covenant God. You see, as Americans, when we remember God is a covenant God and we are his covenant people, that owns us. That, that's everything. So as we live as Americans, that drives us. It's everything. So if we want to live as American believers, we can't ever wrap Jesus up in an American flag. Don't work that way. But as American believers, we can be so grateful to live in a country where we have the freedom to openly be a covenant people. All right, here's the last thing. As American believers, we have a burden of responsibility. Psalm 33 verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Look, let, let's show America the Lord Jesus, so we continue to be a nation that is blessed. 
Let's, can we do that? How about this? Proverbs 14, 34. Righteousness, is, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. God, get, God, look, God give us courage to speak the truth in love about sin because righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any nation. Ephesians 4, look at this. With the Lord's authority, let me say this. No longer live as the ungodly do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their closed minds are full of darkness. They are far from the life of God because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They don't care anymore about right and wrong, and they have given themselves over to immoral ways. Their lives are filled with all kinds of impurity and greed. Sounds like this week's news. Wow. You know when I read that, you know when I pray? God, give us the courage to be an example to those who need Jesus. God, help us not just point out their sin, but point them to Jesus. You see, this is our responsibility as believers in this nation. Matthew chapter 5. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Father in heaven. Now look, we have a responsibility as covenant people to be salt and light to this nation. Jesus called us to be salt and light to the world, so let's start right here in America. Listen, the gospel by its nature is in Intensely personal. You get that? God isn't a concept for a nation uh, to adopt or a philosophical uh, position for a nation to accept. God is a personal God who loves us and gave himself for us. The answer for America will come one heart at a time. That's the answer. The gospel in Americans. You see, look at this. We don't need more God in America, some philosophical concept. We need God in more Americans. That's the answer. Hey, let's be that generation. What do you say? Let's be that generation that sparks a fire of spiritual awakening so that a nation can once again be a nation that understands we are dependent on and accountable to God. Church, let's be the generation that contends for the faith like God commands us. Look at this. Dear friends, 
I've been eagerly planning to write you about the salvation we all share, but now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I mean, God gave us the truth of the gospel. God entrusted it to his church once and for all time. It is the truth of God. And we can be the light and the salt that sparks spiritual awakening in our country. One heart at a time. One heart at a time. Father, thank you for your great love for us. Thank you, God, that you give us this land that was founded on your truth. And God, the obvious thing is we have drifted so far from that. We have become a nation that not only has forgotten but denies. But God... You indwell every one of your covenant people, and there are millions of us in America. God, help us to be salt and light, to, to contend for the faith once for all given to us, Lord. Help us be that generation. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.